Hello, welcome to this episode of the Independent Dealer Podcast. Everyone, quick, quick thank you to everyone who is subscribing to the podcast and getting the episodes uh, every Thursday and occasionally Monday. And we really appreciate the reviews. I, I, Luke, I've been wanting to say that. We love that you leave us a Google or a Spotify review or anywhere you listen to your podcast. So keep that up. It helps us move the dealership out. And today we have one of the most, uh, I don't know, interesting vocal women in the automotive industry that's in the communities and the forums and the groups. Mrs. Wendy, Luke, what, what, so, what do we talk about today? Well, luckily, uh, she's a fellow South Carolinian, and that's how we call ourselves, Jeff. Linian. Linian. And um, anyway, Wendy's, this is a great episode for men and women. Um, I think especially for women, because Wendy kind of goes over the things that, that she's done to be successful in, in our industry. And what you have to be and how you have to wake up every morning to succeed. So uh, thank you, Wendy, for being with us and uh, say, Hey, Hey, Hey everybody. Thanks for having me. Okay, here we go. You are listening to the independent dealer podcast with hosts, Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's do this. Introduce yourself to the audience. Where'd you come from? How'd you get into the auto industry? Maybe a little bit about your, uh, your, your, your history, your track. Sure, sure, sure. Well, um, I, uh, I'm i in Greenville, South Carolina, um, uh, top left corner on the map, the upstate here. And uh, I got into the industry actually um, sort of by accident. I uh, graduated college in 2009, which was a very bad time to graduate college uh, with a music degree. So there was that. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I went to... Um, I was just kind of like working, you know, whatever jobs I could find. I was, you know, on the phone kind of doing call center, kind of just uh, soul sucking work. And then I, um, uh, I, one day I wrecked my car on 385. I had a, uh, a friend who, uh, you know, uh, my, my car guy friend or whatever, uh, who, who volunteered to take me to, uh, you know, go look at cars and we found a Corolla and he swore that it was such a good deal, you know, so. I was like, oh, well, let me let me see if 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 uh, if this guy's full crap. So I got home and I googled it. Turns out the car was worth two thousand dollars more than what I paid for it. So I was like, oh well, hell, I'll put this on Craigslist. People put people were putting things on Craigslist then. Uh, so I uh, put it on Craigslist, made fifteen hundred dollars, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well let's do that some more. So uh, you know, I got my buddy. We you know we went to the uh, you know the the auction that the public can go to and that kind of thing. And we started uh, curb stoning. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was making more than I was making at my regular job. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not gonna do this anymore. Uh, see you guys later. And uh, yeah, uh, opened a car dealership. Um, had no idea uh, what I was doing or what I was getting into. Uh, thankfully, uh -huh. I did keep it small uh, to start with probably a little longer, um, you know, than I, than I should have, but you know, the only education I had was the, the nine hour or the eight hour class to which I was an hour late, uh, to, uh, <laughs> down in Columbia and, uh, you know, just Googling how to start car dealership, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot of hard lessons, uh, along the way. And, uh, eventually I, um, I went to, uh, I went to uh, one of the associations, uh, NIDA, CIDA or something. And, uh, you know, I met Darla, who's just down the road. Uh, Darla Boer is, uh, is a good friend of mine. She's just a spectacular car dealer and just thought I was the cutest thing uh, ever. 
So she was willing to talk to me and, uh, you know, give me advice and help me. And a lot of people are like that. A lot of car dealers, more than I thought, uh, would be willing and open to kind of share some of the stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't realize turn time was like a thing I should pay attention yeah. to. You know, eventually I went to the master dealer uh, class and, uh, and then I actually, I, I uh, drug my husband into the car business. Um, he, uh, he, uh, his family was in the car business. He's always avoided it, but, uh, but I was able to finally uh, pull him in here and he's just, he's just a brilliant man. He's uh, just the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, since I um, finally kind of got the courage and uh, you know, the, the fortitude to get a bigger location, to buy more cars, to hire people, uh, things have really gone from, you know, eking by uh, meager li living, you know, most months to really making some life-changing money. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty much where we are now. Um, there's a lot of things we've done to get there that I'm happy to chat about. But uh, Wendy, what, <clears throat> that's an uh, interesting point I'd like to, uh, to get on here. It's like, you know, most of us, it's a male-dominated business for sure. And and a lot of us have our wives working for us. Um, <laughs> and it's just the opposite there that, that you have your husband working for you. I know that it took a bit for Brian to come into the business. I think when you were still, you're trying to get on your feet and Brian was still working a, a job as well as, as working with you before, before he came hundred percent in. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamic between you being the boss and he, him, him working for you and how that works? <laughs> Well, we're uh, we're extremely cooperative now. We did we did have a, a learning you know a learning curve where I you know I was like oh my god don't buy that <laughs> what are you doing you know and uh, you know we had a just a, a regular old you know uh, husband wife uh, dynamic for a while. I just happened to know uh, a little more about the car business uh, you know than he did. I I'd been in it. For, I, I had I started the car lot before we were married before I had even met him. Uh, I might have been 2012. I started the car lot in 2010. So, um, so I, I, I learned a lot of hard lessons and, you know, and he was fine to, uh, my, my husband is not most men. I mean, he was fine to uh, hear, uh, listen, listen to my experiences and learn from them without having to make, you know, the same mistakes that I did, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, now I would say, I mean, he is, he is caught up, you know, <laughs> he is, he is a, uh, He's definitely, uh, we, 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 run, we more co-run the business. He, he has a background in staffing, so he's, uh, he's great with managing and, you know, making sure everyone here feels heard and cared for. And, I mean, people work harder for you if they, you know, if they care about you and care about, you know, what, what the company is, as a whole is doing. For and sure. What, um, how many employees do you have now? Uh, we are at six. Um, our goal is eight. Um, we're just a small, I guess, small to mid-sized dealership. Uh, our goal is 50 cars on the lot. Um, our turn time is just under, under 40 or so days. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I mean, right now we have a hard time getting inventory just like anybody else, you know, because of the whole you COVID economy. But. Consider yourself a prime dealer or subprime. Where, where do you fit in that model? No, I, I do mostly prime because I do like to sell back in products. Um, we're, we're too small for the, um, for the reinsurance, but we did find a retro plan that worked well for us. So we're trying to pump money into that. Um, you know, really trying to think about, you know, think about the end game, you know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to die at this desk. You know, I want to make some money and get out of here. So prime customers just have more of a, 
they 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 have more capacity to buy more products you don't have to you know you don't have to pay as many fees and i mean i i still am on board for westlake for you know just the occasional deal that can't be done either either way i, I love to try and help people but i'm not i'm not bending over backwards to help somebody that hasn't paid back their last three auto loans you know mm. sure Sure. So there's another dynamic that I think we should probably go down here. Uh, Wendy just had a baby a year or so ago. And, and us guys that run car, car lots, we don't understand that. If our wife has a baby, you know, we keep working. Um, how, how does that work um, for the women out there listening? How, how does it work to be a new mother, to go through that and, and still have a business to operate? What, what is that like? Well, I mean, when you get pregnant, you've got like, a nine month countdown clock to, uh, to, to get everything in order. And that was actually one of the things that, uh, that drew Brian in was because he knew that, I mean, I was going to be out, you know, I, uh, I ended up having a, I hadn't planned on having a C-section, but sure enough, she came out through the sunroof. I couldn't leave the house for like six weeks, you know? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there, I'm trying to breastfeed. I'm, you know, like working on credit applications on my computer. You know, I, uh, I work from home for six weeks. Uh, but if I hadn't worked on transitioning the car lot to a place where I didn't have to be uh, here every second of the day and, you know, things could continue running without me, um, we, we would have been up a creek for sure. Um, but I, I think getting, getting to a place where you can step out, you know, I mean, I mean, if you can't right now start with lunch, like what, what can I do to where I could leave for an hour and the place wouldn't burn down? Like, what can I, uh, yeah. What, what do I need to train people on? I think what you, what you did is what a lot of us want to do, right, Jeff, is be able to step back. And it's, it's funny, women are, are a lot more smarter than us sometimes, Jeff, where they, they figure out how to, how to make it happen. And, and Wendy did. So that's kind of neat. Um, something we should all learn from. Yeah. Those things, Jeff. I, I think, you know, and, and Wendy can correct me, but they look at, I think guys get tied up in the dealership being their reputation and being their oh, ego God. and being who they are. I'm a car guy. I'm a car dealer. This is in my blood. I'm going to be here selling cars until the day I fall over dead. And where women are like, this is a means to an end. I want to live my life. I want to spend time with my family and I want to enjoy God's creations. And this is going to help facilitate that, you know? And, and I, I can cite on Wendy's side, I didn't come from the car side, I, I didn't come from, you know, I didn't work at a new car store and grow up with a friggin' wrench in my mouth or, you know, some of those stories. <laughs> so <laughs> I came at it from the financial side where I was like, wait a minute, I can loan my money out at 24.9%. Hmm, okay. you know? <laughs> I, I am the kid that grew up on the showroom floor in the new Ford store. Um, yeah. Calls the whole Luke family. Will, work there, so. Luke will die, like, you know, with one foot in a friggin' Buick trying to fix a, a stereo and no, thank well, you. <laughs> Wendy, I, I, what, what are you doing to help facilitate that? Yeah. How are well, you getting, I, how are you getting to your goal? Well, I, I mean, I tell you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the kid that grew up with a single mother. We were poor. I didn't like that. So we're trying to fix that. I'm not a car girl. I am, a, I'm a money girl. I would like to have money and I would like to, uh, I take all of the, all the wealth that we're able to produce here, shovel it into other investments. Uh, we're, um, you know, we're kind of on the commercial we want to get into the commercial reality kind of in, into things. We're working, uh, we have a, a triplex uh, uh, we're renovating now, you know, and then we want to bulk up to the, uh, to the larger like apartment. Commercial, residential, multifamily? 
Yeah. I or think you're saying commercial storefront? Uh, commercial, like multifamily. Multifamily, like, okay. Like bigger than duplexes. Um, yep. But, uh, but just being able to, to get the car dealership to just uh, churn out as much money as possible so you can put that into other things. Uh, I mean, a car dealership is the least passive income I think you could possibly have. <laughs> so, so much work here. But yeah. I, don't, I don't care about uh, my name on the building. I don't care that people know that I'm like a, a, a prominent, uh, that people think that I'm a prominent business person. I don't care about any of that. I care about this place making money. I, I do want to pour into the people that, that work here. Um, I, I do want to give them what they'll need, you know, to, to do the same thing uh, that I'm trying to do, you know, to, um, mm -hmm. uh, to become the best versions of themselves, uh, you know, personally and professionally as they can. So that's important to me, uh, but mostly just let's make some money. You know, it makes an interesting argument, Wendy, when you say that in my brain, I say it, it can come across as like, you know, you and I have that attitude of like, yeah, this is a money machine. It's a factory. It prints money for me. And I use that money to buy other things that are less of a headache. It could look at as a greedy person. But when you say no, what I, in order to facilitate that, I have to empower my employees to be as good at their job as humanly possible and develop them as managers, as, as potential business owners someday so that they can run my dealership because I don't want to be there every single day. So I would argue that the car guy that has to be at the dealership seven days a week and have his hand in everything is technically a worse developer of people and maybe more greedy because they're not sharing their responsibilities and they're not developing their people. They're trying to have their name on the top of the dealership and be the go-to be-all personality, you know? So, so you could argue that, you know, your philosophy is actually a better business builder, people well, I, builder. I agree, right? and I, I, think, I think what Wendy, you know, Wendy's pointed out something that, you know, that she's, she's a new breed of, of car dealer. Um, I'm the old breed, okay? And it's taken me a while to, to move away from spinning wrenches and, you know, making sure I buy every car, I was selling every car, you know. It, it's, a hard, it's a hard way to move away from, but there's so many people that have come into the industry male and female that have looked at it more as a business, not as the car business. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome topic and um, it's taken me a while to learn to be a manager. And I, I noticed some of the stuff that was going on in my service department last month, I was not managing them properly. So I'm having to develop myself into a manager, but it sounds like Wendy with you and Brian, that, that you're a little ahead of a lot of people when it, when it comes to that, how does, how does one be that manager instead of a car person? I, I'm assuming you're still buying cars, but are you selling them? What, where are you in the, in the process right now? Well, I, I still, I'm still at the point where I do whatever it is that needs to be done throughout the day. But the people that work here, um, we have a, we have a cradle, we, we do cradle to the grave. Uh, but the people that we're working on developing, I mean, we're going, we're going even, uh, you know, I guess we're going back into the womb. Uh, we're going pre-cradle. Uh, we're we're uh, we're allowing them to be involved in the car purchasing as well, uh, and then all the way through the financing. I mean, we do have a title clerk on the other end of it. So let's let's stop real quick because I've never heard anybody say that they're allowing you're allowing salespeople to be in on the purchase. Is that what you're talking about? 
uh, on the purchase of the vehicle, we um, we we don't go to auctions. Um, auctions okay. are um, a, a money pit. Uh, the, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to transport it. The fees are outrageous. Uh, we buy from our community, yeah. uh, and we do a um, we we have we have a very simple you know it, it it's uh, basically a digital form that they fill out. You put the VIN, you put the miles, you put the the trim. And uh, and all the the damages on the car, and you know it comes back with a with a value, uh, with a with a value we'd like to pay. And then of course there's negotiations, and that's where we would come in. How so? How are you? How is your salespeople sourcing those cars? Or um, oh, are you advertising? You buy? Or are they oh, on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Auto Trader every day looking. Are they on Marketplace looking? What's going on there? Well, there, there's lots of softwares you can use. Um, you, you have to have a very, very, very strong BDC, and each salesperson is like is their own BDC. Um, but uh, we, uh, we we do the KBB and cash offer program. We've got a big old sign outside that says we buy cars. I mean, we bought a car from that yesterday. Um, uh, there are different um, there are different programs you can use to uh, scour Craigslist and uh, Facebook and all that, and buy cars locally. I mean, part of part of our unique selling proposition is, I mean, well, I mean, we're we're female led, we're family run business. You know, people love that. Uh, but we also locally source our inventory. It's kind of like farm to table. I don't know, like your neighbor's driveway. To your <laughs> it's driveway. all organic, <laughs> green <laughs> fed. Three, three, it's organic. It's an organic. Three eighty five to table. Uh, well, I mean, no, I mean, no, no, no good southern woman is going to drive a Yankee car. So it's really yeah. better for everyone if you buy your cars locally and then you don't have to pay auction fees you don't have to pay you know so we we really i mean and sometimes you get shorter on cars there's nothing you can do you got to go to the auction but mm. the auction's just the worst I, I I, they're, they're a necessary evil but i mean sure. how many cars you sell them on uh yeah and and i am and i am a smaller dealership so we sell about 25 um maybe a little yeah. more a little more during covid you know sure um but yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a time and I mean that's time intensive to source twenty five cars a month from the public. Uh, and I, mean, I tell you, I pay I pay probably the same that I would pay in auction fees, paying for softwares, paying on people to dial, yeah, yeah. paying on those things. I probably pay that, but I can shake the hand of the person that's selling the car. I yeah, can yeah. get service records from them. I can have all the time I want to check that car out, and I'm not competing against as many dealers. I mean, other dealers are trying to do this in in my market and your market right now. Yeah. Um, so you do have to compete against those, but you can, you know, get people in here. And that, that's been one of the big game, game changers that, you know, has increased our profit per car. Um, that has decreased the number of unhappy customers you have coming back because their car fell apart, you know, because there was mm. a, you know, a hidden auction issue. And, uh, yeah, having happy customers is extremely important to me. What, it, what, I'm sure you saw a decrease in recon. How, how mm. what's the difference in the recon from the car you buy off the street compared to the ones you used to buy at the auction? Oh, good. Uh, oh, uh, a lot, a lot. I mean, I would say we, uh, I, well, we get to plan for the recon. I yeah. Guess, is the You're doing thing. a lot less transmissions, I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I have not bought a car. Uh, I have not bought a car that needed a transmission or an engine, uh, from the public that I didn't know beforehand that it needed yeah. that. And, 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 and I tell them, Hey, this is, this is what it costs to replace that. And this is coming off your offer. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, it's that, a huge, I, it's a huge argument. And, and I sometimes try to make that is it's like, it's exactly what you said, but add up, add up your fees, add up your transport per car, and then look at that recon and say, 
I can essentially completely mitigate my recon because I know exactly what that car is going to take because my mechanic can look at it before I actually make an offer. Whereas at the auction, and even now, you, you literally can't even put your hands on it anymore. You know, oh, you didn't yeah. hear it start. You're going off of 10 pictures and a green, yellow light, red light, maybe. I mean, it's... The auction's and stressful. It's yeah. getting crazy, I think. I think we're, it's going to get worse and worse and worse down there as they try to keep us out of the lanes. They got, you know, they get rid of test driving. They get rid of, you know, even previewing becomes more and more difficult. Ugh. Yeah, it's a mess it, it, down there, Luke. I mean, it, it, Luke's on the road like three days out of the week, right? Well, not anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm at the house now, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know. But how many ba- have your bad buys increased because of that? Because you're not physically putting your hands on it anymore. Um, and ba- well, know, this thing looked great online, but you roll up on it and it's obviously got a leak or a tick or a Sure. I mean, cat. it's, you know, I, I just know that out of a certain, certain percentage of cars I buy, either where I put my eyes on them or not put my eyes on them, they're going to be bad or it's going to require more recon than I, than I think. Um, you know, I would, I, I actually was talking to my friend O'Hare, who's a wholesaler he, we've, we've had on here before. I was talking yeah. to him about, you know, actually employing people to sit in an office and do what you're talking about, Wendy, and pay them a commission on cars bought. And, you know, and it's, I think I'm going to move to that soon. I think maybe he and I are going to put something together, but I, I really like that model. It's a good model. I think um, it works. It works. I mean, Carvana's buying, they've got 1,500 cars a week that they can sell. Uh, Just in Columbia, South Carolina alone, I'd be willing to bet you CarMax is selling, they're selling 200 plus cars a week. Um, Actually, if you count Greenville, I don't even think about that. They're probably selling uh, 400 cars a week or maybe 300 cars a week. So that's 1200 that they're buying. Not, and that's just in, in South Carolina. So if you look at CarMax, we want to bet you they're buying probably yeah. 20, 20,000 cars a week that they, they're, they're having to wholesale off the street, off the street. So yeah. there's got to be, there's, there's got to be a way to do it out there. And it sounds like Wendy's, Wendy's on the right path. And I, I think a lot of, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, um, it but does. So does buying cars at auction too. So, I mean, we're paying retail at auction. I mean, literally paying full NADA retail at auction. So why not do it on the car that you can actually put your hands on and drive, yeah. right? That's great, Wendy. Well, Wendy, what else are you doing at your dealership to help kind of automate and step away a little bit? Do you have any other, you know, kind of philosophies other than empowering your employees to kind of run the whole process, buy the cars, sell them, finance them? Anything else you're doing there? Oh, I mean that, that. I mean that's the biggest thing. I mean, you're gonna yeah. have to hire somebody else to do it. You can't like you can't you can't step away to you know you can't put up a vending machine. I guess uh, you know <laughs> unless that's good. Unless that's what you want to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, just hiring people and and uh, working with them until you can until you can trust them. You know, and you know, really empowering them to do um, you know to do the work of the dealership. You know, start to finish. And, and I mean, my hand's gonna be in it. I mean, it is trust but verify. I'm 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 gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to have, uh, I'm always going to have a part in it until the day that I can completely step away. Um, but that, I, that, that, that's been a game changer for me for, I, I was around, I was in the business for, you know, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Eight years, uh, I, I, a long time where it was just me or just me and like one other guy and I didn't really trust him. And I had, you know, just awful things happen. People stealing from mm-hmm. me. I had, a, I had a fake workers comp claim, you know, all that stuff. 
But uh, so it really kind of like burned me to where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have, this is just going to be a job, but it's my job and I created it. Um, but I didn't try to make it into anything bigger than just what I could make it um, until, you know, until recently, you know, I had to say, Hey, I, I need help. Mm -hmm. um, I'm having, I'm having a baby. Um, I need, um, I, you know, I need the help of my husband. I need to hire people. I need to do some things. I need to get some people in place and get them trained. And when I did that, I made more money than I ever, I mean, of course my expenses went up astronomically. I mean, my expenses are so high to me and I know they're probably not even, not even high comparatively, you know, when you look at other dealerships, but to me, they're so high. <laughs> it made me so yeah. nervous at first to really step out there and do it. But with a, uh, with just, with a few relationships, uh, some training, I went to the master dealer, certified master dealer program. There's some great stuff there. Um, and just trusting and trusting and training and, um, not, not having to be up, up my business's ass, just up like everything my business does all the time, not micromanaging. But, uh, you know, I've learned my lessons. And I think the biggest thing for us, I, I've wrote some things down, sourcing locally, uh, going after back end. Um, I'm, we're doing a retro program um, for, in, for uh, instead of reinsurance, we're too small for reinsurance. So I would. I keep hearing you say that, but that's, that's not the case. You're not too small for reinsurance. Well, the, ret the retro program, I'm losing an admin fee and I'm losing, I think it's like nine or 10, nine or 10 percent of whatever's in the in the pool. Um, and I lose whatever tax benefits that also, you know, that also come with it. But for us, it works well. You know, they just send us a check every year. Who are you with? Uh, Premier Dealer Services. They, they do both. They, <laughs> you know, if you would rather do a regular program. But the retro program uh, was was a lot easier. Hey, just to interrupt the podcast real quick, Luke, our friends over at Dealer Re, we're, we're, I mean, I think we're doing some good for them here at the podcast. I Dealers are jumping it. on board. They see the importance of having their own reinsurance company. If you don't have your reinsurance company, I cannot say this enough. Do it. Stop today. Call Taylor Bird. Get him on the phone. Call Tim. I'm not sure if Tim's in the office every day, but you call them, get them on the phone and get started creating wealth and not just getting by in the car business. Yes, 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 yes. Tax deferred monies, you're gonna put in your left pocket, you're gonna save it for a rainy day. Um, it, it really makes me think that uh, it's, it, you know, all dealers have gotta put it in. They've gotta put yeah, it in their business, you've gotta start now. If you're giving somebody else warranty money, you're losing money. If you're not doing this, you're losing money. I mean, it's yeah. that simple. And we're going to get the guys on soon to talk more in depth. I really want some more training on my CPI product. I'm not getting the penetration I need to. We'll get into some more depth on that soon. So stay tuned. You know, but, but managing my own stress level, you know, not letting my stress bleed on over uh, to every, to everyone else has been uh, a huge, uh, a game changer for us as well. But yeah, those are, those are really the big things. So oh, uh, uh, hiring a, hiring a tax um, consultant, I would definitely recommend mm. that. Yeah, the, the tax portion of it uh, can really get you if you're not, uh, <laughs> if you're not prepared for it. Yeah. Did you, did you get one of the big, uh, the big tax guys for car dealerships or are you using somebody locally? Uh, we use Tax Law Solutions. Um, uh, they, they are local to us here. I mean, I'm sure they work with folks outside of that. But, um, but yeah, there's just different strategies that really any business could employ uh, mm -hmm. to, save, you know, to save money on taxes. So that's, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. I would, I would always recommend a, a car specific CPA if you don't, right, right. You 
they uh they're really good at that <laughs> yeah right right, of, right yeah well, there's, little there's, right, right, yeah. We don't actually use a, I, I mean, I, I do have a CPA, but we don't use an automotive CPA. But we have a CPA and we have a, like a, a tax attorney. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to touch on too, Wendy, was, and Luke, I know, has some experience and insight on this as well, but you specifically as a female, I find it so hard. I, I really, I have a three-person sales team. I, I really, really would love one of the three to be a female because I do feel that as a female in the auto industry, you have certain, you know, leverages and talents and, you know, and stop me where I start getting stereotypical or sexist or whatever the word is, but. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. Females let's, let's, could, let's let him make a fool of himself. Females <laughs> could, they can just get away with so much more because I don't think as a consumer, you have your guard up when you step onto a used car lot and see a friendly female, you're like, oh, this lady's not going to take advantage of me. She's not going to try to pull the wool over my eyes like the typical slick-talking used car guy. And she can be a slick-talking female, but they can just say and get away with so much more. And I've always wanted to have a female salesperson, and we've had them come and go. I just can't seem to keep them here. What is it? Who do I need to look for? What are the personality traits of someone that wants to make a career out of automotive that's a female? Well, I think I think you're kind of looking for the the same thing in in everybody. You want somebody that hustles, somebody that wants to make money based on what they do, not based on how long they're sitting there. Um, you know, like a, a, I I think um, I mean, I, God, I don't want to be sexist either. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of us are you know just by nature kind of looking for security. So maybe mm -hmm. like a maybe like a higher base pay and a lower uh, lower commission, higher base pay might be might be mm -hmm. something. That you I, I think. My best salesperson is the best salesperson we've ever had as a female. And she mm -hmm. is, she's amazing. Um, she is so personable. She was in um, the hotel uh, tourism business before that. So I think you need to look for someone who's just really personable, Jeff. Um, that, so millennials, uh, sub millennials, whatever they're called, really do like a, a strong base pay. And during a training period, I think that is so important. And, you can phase them out of that base pay when they get confidence in their paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. So I think starting them with security and then showing them what the security is doing to their actual paycheck is costing them money and mm -hmm. say, okay, we're going to continue to give you, you know, $400 a week, whatever you want to pay them as a base and then start paying them a percentage um, less than what a normal salesperson would move. And then, then move them all the way to, you know, once they start hitting 20 cars a month or 15 cars a month, you can say, this is what you can be making. So you don't have to stick with that pay plan. Um, once you get them confident in themselves and know that they can do that job. Um, I, I think female salespeople are, if you don't have one in the car business right now, listen to everybody, go get one. Um, they're great. You know, service advisors, females are great there too. Um, Females are great everywhere, but I'm saying in the car business, you know, these are things that, that wouldn't typically be thought of as a female role. But once you get them in place and get them working there, it's just, it changes your whole, your whole business. Is, yeah, so is I my hypothesis correct, Wendy and Luke, is my hypothesis that women can get away with quote unquote murder as a salesman, <laughs> that they can just, they, that the guard's just down with them? No. Do you see that? Do you see that the... No one's allowed or, or, to. No one's allowed to get away with any murder here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. You um, know what I mean. Like they, they could. They could be like, 
people, I don't know. I guess I just, I that's my I, vision. Does it really happen? Every, everybody's mother is a woman, you know, like you already have like an innate sense of, uh, uh, of trust, you know? And I mean, sorry, but like all the, you know, men, men have caused a lot of the problems in the world. You know, men, men, men start the wars, you know what I mean? So, I mean, if you're looking at a man and a woman, I, I can see how people would be more inclined to trust uh, trust a woman or think maybe she's less capable of being dishonest uh, or, or, or whatnot. And maybe she's not, maybe, you know, maybe she's awful, but yeah, having a, <laughs> having a diverse group of faces in your car dealership has to be good. You know, when mm. someone comes in off the street and they can see someone that's like them, they can see someone that's like their sister, that's like their mother, like they're, they're automatically going to feel like they can trust you more. But, you know, I mean, just b simply being trustworthy is, is another way to do it. You know, like just, yeah. uh, you know, being honest with people, talking. But, yeah, but yeah. You, we're, we're on, you know, something very important. And it's not just a female. It's a diverse environment. We, sure. we are a diverse society. And, and, you know, we've had so, so many things in the last two months really come up and, and shed light on, on some real issues that we have. But being diverse inside your dealership is very important. People mm. want to buy from people that look like them. They want to buy from people they trust. And um, they want to buy from, you know, a lot of women want to buy from a woman. Yeah. Um, some men would rather buy from a woman than a man. Um, so it, diversity is so key. And your, your dealership should make sure that you have diversity. If you don't, you're, you're not you're selling yourself short, you're selling your community short and you're not living up to your potential in my opinion. It's, it's definitely easier to have, to just staff the place with people that are like you, you know, you yep. gotta worry about, Oh, well do I, am I going to offend somebody or whatever, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's definitely worth it to try, you know, to try and, uh, to try and uh, employ as many, you give opportunity to as many, to as many uh, different people. Uh, as you can and into into you know pour into their life i mean i uh we try we try to have like we try to have like superfood snacks here you know we we have you know like almonds and walnuts and pomegranates and stuff instead of donuts you know <laughs> green tea green got green tea available for everybody you know pour into everybody personally let let them have their car wash let them have their church car wash in your parking lot you know let them if, there, if there's ever anything anyone wants uh, that doesn't cost me, especially if it doesn't cost me anything or doesn't cost me much, um, I go ahead and do it. You know, yeah. why not? Yeah, match, ma match the profit. It's a, it's a, this is what we did this past weekend. They had a car wash. We matched the profit for whatever charity. I, I didn't even write it down. I don't, I don't <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I just, just uh, if, if you care about them, if, if you care about them, they'll work, they'll work harder for you. Most of the time, and you know, you get a bag, bad egg, you can get let go of them. But. Yeah, I, I, it's great advice. I just feel, yeah, whew, I can't. You, you do need to stick to that. I get it, and and we're gonna review this and and go over it. That diversity thing really kind of hits home right now. So that's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. We have to we have to put that in play here. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, most of the people that work here are actually my family. My uh, my my husband's grandma does our books. You know, you don't have to worry mm -hmm. about your grandma stealing from you. <laughs> you know, so it's been you know it's been a we we've been slowly adding as well. Yeah, that's so great, uh, Wendy. Anything else? Uh, closing words of advice or education you could give the dealer community or females that are listening to this 
that maybe want to step out and have their own dealership or maybe they have their own dealership and they they're battling some stuff or, or, or wanted to get into that area? Uh, well, now, now is a, now really is a great time, great time to be a woman. I, um, I don't, um, I don't necessarily feel, um, I mean, because I did step out and do my own thing. I don't, I don't get a lot of like the, like oppression things that, that may be happening to some people. Um, I, uh, I mean, I do get, I do get vendors on the phone that call me honey and ask to speak to my husband, you know, and we just don't work with them. <laughs> you know, just, like, oh, oh yeah, no Thank thanks. You. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three sweeties and you're out, you know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you have to go get it. You just have to be aggressive. And, and I think that men by nature are just a little more aggressive, um, or a lot more aggressive in some cases, um, on, on average, uh, than a lot of women are. And women need to see they need to see their goals and in, in, in just, just a, a finite, realistic manner. This, this is what I want. And, uh, and here are the steps. This is how I get, get there. And then you get up every day and you go in and, and, and you just kick its ass until, you know, until it's yours. And, and, I, and I think men are taught from, you know, from birth that that's a possibility. And, you know, women are given a doll or whatever, you know, like I think, uh, you know, men, uh, uh, little boys get blocks, little girls get dolls, you know, but, uh, that's, I think, I think that's great advice, Wendy. And uh, I know that, uh, there's a lot of men out there that can take the same advice and, and hopefully, uh, put it to work. And I know there's plenty of women out there that want to be more successful than they currently are. And I believe this is, this is a good way to, to move forward. Yeah. And I, I know that the advice is a little vague and there are like super specific things that we do that have made a good, the, a difference to our bottom line and I'm happy to chat about those, but, but yeah, overall, you know, just find out what works for you and then just, just doing it, doing nice. it so hard. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Awesome. Wendy. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this episode inspired you to take positive action. Remember to subscribe so you get each episode the day it comes out. And we would love your help spreading the word. Leave us a review and share this podcast with your dealer friends. Dealers helping dealers learn and grow together.